Are you looking for new books to read? Do you like finding a new special author? Are you tired of the same old books from the same old authors? Well then, welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where you can hear from fantastic new authors. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have worked hard to write great new books. Hear about their book and why you should check it out. So sit back and listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. Welcome to episode 106 of Discovered Wordsmiths. Today I have M.T. Bass, who goes by Mudcat. He's someone I actually know and have met in person, uh, which isn't always the case when you do a podcast like this and you're talking to people not only from all over the country, but all over the world. So a lot of times uh, you don't get to meet them face-to-face unless you happen to run into them at a conference or something. So it's nice to have someone that I've talked to uh, physically in person sat at the same table. Uh, We know each other through a community that we are a part of um, up in Cleveland, Finnish Publish, Polish Publish. Uh, We used to meet at the old airport, the Burkefront, small airport, I should say. And now uh, they meet in a barn, but we've been doing it mostly remote. Uh, But uh, Mudcat has an interesting series of books that are murdered by Munchausen and they're sci-fi. And he's been writing for a while and he's got other books, but just the murder by Munchausen always captured my interest because that was such an interesting series focus. So anyway, uh, we had a good discussion about his books and we have a good discussion in the second part about community. So check that out. Uh, But also, if you've been listening to the podcast, please uh, go find these authors, go read their books. That's why we do it. That's what they want. And these books are wonderful. There's a lot of good authors. Go to the website, find other books that you may not have heard the episode. And also, if you're at the website, let me ask you to click on our sponsored links if you are going to be trying to do a podcast or you're looking for any type of services. I'm adding some of these sponsored links links just to help defray some of the costs. Uh, there's costs with hosting. There's costs with uh, sometimes getting equipment. So, and it takes some time. So this just helps me to keep doing this to help all the authors and help people find great new books. It's a win-win for everybody. It doesn't cost anything to click one of the links. Uh, It is just something that if you sign up and like a service, uh, you'll get sometimes a discount, but I get a few pennies back. And over time with all the people clicking, it helps, it builds up and I appreciate it. But even more importantly, give us some likes, give us some reviews, Do the same for the authors. You don't know how great it is to get some reviews, to get some uh, likes on your book. It helps way more than you may think. And unless authors are getting their books sold, they're not going to write anymore. So if you like an author, whether they're on my podcast or not, please go do a review, go like their book, uh, wherever you get it from, it will help them a lot. So anyway, I'm done babbling. Uh, Let's hear from Mudcat. Mudcat, welcome to Discover Wordsmith officially. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's yeah, good to be here. Enjoying the nice uh, weather that went from snow to downpour? We got a little bit of downpour, but now it's getting cold. It went from 55 down to 36 while I was you know, out and about today. So again, Yeah, we're probably going to get more uh, ice. So great, yay. 
Yeah, it's Ohio. I know you a little from a group we're in together, which we'll talk about later, but nobody else might probably knows you except other members of the group. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and things you like to do outside of writing? Okay. I Just uh, the quick nuts. I've got, I think, 13 books up, you know, on Amazon, ready to go, ready to buy and working on, I've got one at the editor and one, another one in the series of the aviation stories that I'm working on. So I'm putting that together. But I, I was, if you don't hold it against me, I was an English major in college, Uh-oh. so, and uh, English and philosophy, actually, and I did that, uh, did some writing there, and then got out of school, and was mostly interested in music, being in a band, playing guitar, following that dream for a while, I did that for a bit, uh, in Cleveland, playing in the flats, and doing all this stuff in, in the old days, and then... I got to a point where I just needed a change, and I moved to Colorado and lived there for 10 years out in Denver. And then when I got out there, that's when I really started to kind of put pen to paper and really get serious about novels instead of uh, lyrics and and verse. So I did that. And then while I was out there, I I actually got my private pilot's license at uh, Hopkins Airport. And then when I moved out there, I got my commercial license, my instrument rating, and my flight instructor certificates. So, and, you know, taught a little bit, not much, because I was still, I was working and stuff like that. And then came back here in 1989 and just kept writing and putting things together. And I started playing music again and just having fun, really. (laughs) Nice. I didn't know you had a pilot's license. Are are any of your books, you said you're writing a, a... a f- series about that. Yeah, I, I've got a series. It's called, uh, I call it the White Hawk Aviation Adventure Stories. And it's it actually starts in 1950 with uh, a guy who was, you know, in, in World War II. And he gets involved. He's actually flying as a movie stunt pilot. And then he solves his brother's murder on the side. And then the next book is called Jungle Land, where he, he goes to the Belgian Congo and becomes a mercenary there and fights there. And then this one I'm working on, I'm writing out now, the first draft is called Racing the Dream. And it goes back to the 60s and is about airplane racing, you know, because Cleveland used to be the center of airplane racing in the 30s and 40s. Really? Huge. That's where Jimmy Doolittle set records and it was huge. And they kind of fell off the face of the earth for a while. And then in the 60s, it's reviving. I'm centering it on that. It's going to end up in Cleveland because I talked to uh, a guy named Jack who put together the air races at the uh, Cleveland Air Shows over the, the, the Labor Day weekend. So it'll be fun. So I've got that. And then I've got other books with airplanes scattered here and there. It fits in. Any of your characters uh, play music? I had a called Crossroads, which is about <laughs> my bygone days in Cleveland in the rock band, but it's more of a, a crazy Rolling Stones spy Hitchcock kind of thing. But uh, it's actually got like 28 different lyrics throughout the whole book written through it to, to go with all of the sounds. So there's that one. And then I've got, I've got an idea for another book that's going to involve uh, the second one in a series, which is about this lawyer fixer guy, but he's going to get involved with the music scene. So yeah, they say right, uh, what you, write what you know or know what you write. You right, know. Yeah. 
so you've got 13 books. That's some of the other ones. Um, that's not the newest one that's about to come out, which is actually number four in a totally different series. And I, yeah, I, I know right. this one because you've been working on these this series for several times that I've been to the uh, group up in Cleveland. So tell us a little bit about those. It's This is like no pilots in this one. This is a police futuristic police procedural. And the whole premise is that, I don't know, the 2040s, 2050s, all of the Alexas and Ceres come off the table and become embodied in really lifelike um, robots. And they're indistinguishable from human beings. So they're, they're, this police group is charged with investigating robots that get hacked and then turned into hitmen to go after people, you know, kind of violating the, the three laws about doing harm to humans. But you know, there's evil people and evil people do evil things. They'll get into the robots, they'll change them and then send them off to kill somebody. So their job is to track them. And the first three books follow a villain that's kind of recreating serial killer. So he recreates Jack the Ripper, he recreates John Wayne Gacy, he recreates Alien Marnos, you know, so it's that's with that. So that's the first three. And then this one picks up it called Motherless Children. And so they pick up on investigating another set of crimes that seems to be going after sexual predators. So after writing the pilot series, why choose to do a series like this? It sounds like a it's still thriller, totally different uh, focus. To be honest with you, you have ideas all the time. And the the first chapter of the first Murder by Munchausen book just came to me. It was like a police procedural in a warehouse tracking down a killer robot. And I, it, I just wrote it out and I said, this sounds interesting. And so I started working on it and, and I wanted to get away from to be honest with you, at that time, all the writers groups I was in, everybody was doing zombie. <laughs> and I just got kind of, I've had enough of that. So I wanted to try to find the next villain. And I thought in the future, robot hitmen would be a, a good foil. Yeah. So, so I just followed through on that. So if you were going to tell somebody about your book, what are there any other books out there that you would say are similar? Not not theme necessarily, maybe style or topic or something. I would guess similar would be uh, in terms of thematically would be to, what is it, by Philip K. Dick, the Blade Runner predecessor to Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. So that's in that genre. But really, I was I'm not so much focused on, on the robots themselves because they're mechanical and stuff like that. The real thing is like a Bosch story from Michael Connolly, where it's more of a police procedural, but set against this futuristic uh, villain. And I like that because it's about the story. Uh, You're focused Mm -hmm. on what the story is. And by doing that, you can see where the important thing is. Because I know a lot of people would have probably focused more on robots, but that doesn't necessarily make the story. Uh, right. So I think that was probably a great choice. I love hearing that. Well, the big thing, yeah, the, the, the big thing is the robots themselves are not evil, right. but the people who control them, that's where the evil lies. And that's really, you know, where the story is. They're just, you know, basically they're just like a weapon that people 
turn loose. So you really got to go back to the, the cyber hackers that are, you know, breaking into them and modifying them to, to do this. It probably makes the story even more interesting. Me. Writers listening, <laughs> uh, there's a good lesson to learn from that. Make sure you're getting the story that is the story. Uh-huh. So that's good. So w- if you had a choice, uh, if you were approached, would you rather turn these into movies or TV? Either one. <laughs> if somebody came knocking at my door, I, I don't think I'd turn the TV away for the movie. Right. If they wanted to do any of my books, I, I'd be up for it. So I think the Munchausen, that seems to fall into a good Netflix kind of series kind of thing. You could go a long way with that. Nice. Munchausen stuff. Do you, do you have a uh, an idea of who would play like the lead? Not really. I'm out of touch with uh, me people. You'd really like to meet, right? Yeah, I think they'd be perfect because yeah. I'd really like to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. I, you know, I'm not really up on the actors and actresses and stuff. I That's just fair. watch stuff as it comes across. Right. Okay. And these are independently published, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I have my own publishing company, so I, I. You know, put together the ebooks and put those up, and then I, I work with putting together the the printed copies, the files for I publish through England Spark, so you can get them at, at you know Barnes Noble or Apple or anywhere else you want. But I put them all together. And then... did you think of looking into traditionally published, trying to get an agent and all that, or did you always <laughs> want to do independent? <laughs> I I have enough rejection slips to the wallpaper of man cave, right? Because that's when I, I started early on, and I was writing all the time I was in Colorado, and that was the only only option, it was either that or vanity publishing. So I'd send them out and send them out and send them out and get the rejections. And then I, I got uh, I got involved with, when the e-books started coming out, I got involved in that early. And, I, and in fact, I had a Sony e-book reader way a long wow. time ago, and then I got a Nook, and then you know, now I've got an iPad. Yeah, I, I just thought that was great. I could have all the books I wanted in one place, you know, without carrying my library around. So I thought it was great. And then around 2011, I learned about Smashwords, uh, which allows you to go publish your ebook, and they would distribute it to Apple and Barnes and Noble and sell it themselves and stuff like that. So I, I jumped in on that, published a couple, and then. And then I learned about Ingram Spark with the print on demand, and I got involved with. I've got, I think I've got ten of the thirteen in print, or nine of the ten in print. You know, ones, the other ones are just eBooks. Okay. So you had this backlog of books, so it must have been like almost the holy grail when you were able to start publishing yourself and get these out. How'd that feel? Yeah. Oh, it felt great because. The whole idea is you want people to read your books. And really, that's the important part. When you go through traditional publishing, there are so many gatekeepers. And like they said at the group, there's a cost for them to invest in your book. You know, it's very few people get through that gauntlet. And usually the people that do are famous people, right? Bill O'Reilly and people with built-in audiences. So the chance to actually publish and, and start getting the book out there to be read was great. So what type of feedback are you getting from readers of your books? I, I got some pretty good reviews starting to build up. I, in, in promoting things and 
getting readers and I just signed up at the beginning of the year in Kindle Unlimited so people can or if they're in the in that program they can read it for free and I'm you know starting to build up good good reviews, good stars ratings. So it's satisfying to see that. Nice. Yeah, it makes you feel good when people are actually reading it. Uh, yeah. It yeah, gives you yeah. that little bit of self-satisfaction all this time you've been working on it. That's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the, then the big challenge is trying to promote it because that's the – it used to be the big thing is the publisher would have a marketing budget and promote it and, and everything like that. But that's all up to me and even mid-level writers I know with – publishing like Malcolm, they're still responsible for a lot of their own self-promotion. So, yeah. yeah so, right. uh, so you said you're on Kindle Unlimited uh, with your yep. books now. Do you have a website people can go to and find out more info? Absolutely. It's My website is mtbass, net, And so that's my website. There is a mtbass.com but that's a redskins football oh, i couldn't get that one but i got the net I, I, no no yeah when you google me you'll half of the time you'll get montana bass fishing and then the other half you'll get some of my books so, <laughs> so uh what plans do you have for books after this fourth munchausen book like i said but that one i sent to the editor last week for to get the final draft back from her i'm working on the Racing the Dream, which is the aviation follow-on. And then the one after that is is called Outside the Wire. And that's the second in uh, another series with uh, the, the Navy SEAL who becomes a lawyer fixer, the music business. Nice. That's why it's Outside the Wire. <laughs> so uh, when you uh, get to read uh, when you're not writing, what are some of your favorite uh, books and authors? Oh, I... Some of my favorite authors are like Joseph Heller, Kurt Vonnegut, Carl Hasen, Mark Twain. Those are my my favorites. And mostly, I read I read one fiction book and one nonfiction book as I go, and bounce back and forth. So, and most of the time, I'm trying to find new stuff. I'm reading. I do a lot of reading the first book in series, the first Longmire book, the, the first Bosch book just to see how how these, you know, evolving series kicked off and how they develop. So I, I do a lot of that right now. I think I got a Jack Reacher book that's next. And then, sure. I, and then I read a lot of aviation books and then just stuff that catches my eye. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have a favorite bookstore where you live that you like to go to? Got a, a Barnes and a Noble and then a million books. Those are okay. There's a nice Lakewood bookshop in Lakewood, which is, it's a lot of used books. And the guy, Colin, runs it. And he, he does a good job of finding different stuff and keeping keeping things interesting over there. So it's a, it's a good shop. Okay. I'll, I'll put a link to it. I like to try and find out some favorite bookstores, compiling yeah. all these on the website. So cool. Yeah. And that's on my side. And then on the other side of town, of course, there's um, just, I drew a blank. It's uh, the one near Coventry. Oh, it'll come to me. I can't remember. But it's we'll a privately owned book over there. I've done their their author alley stuff. Oh, well. I talked to uh, another author that said Fireside. Loganberry. 
What hall is it? Loganberry. Yep. I've, I've been in contact with them a couple of times about stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nice. She's a good person. Yeah. So, Mudcat, before we start talking some author stuff, uh, if you were on an elevator with somebody that wanted to know why they should read your book, what would you tell them? The famous elevator pitch. Yes. You know? Yeah. If you don't read this, you'll die, I guess. Wow. wow. <laughs> no. That's a whole story in itself. I should have thought of that, but I'm coming up empty. <laughs> well, I don't know. Just the, the series title, Murder by Munchausen, always intrigued right. me hearing it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a term you don't hear a whole lot. You hear it in the medical part. And actually, Dave at the Cleveland Writers Group, I read it. I think I read the very first chapter a long time ago, and he said, he pointed at that and said, Murder by Munchausen, that's the title of the book. So, yeah. So, yeah. definitely catches your attention. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your booking stuff with us. I appreciate you taking some time for that. You today. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled, and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you. 